I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Diggs. Oh. Yeah, don't forget, 95-7 the game, Warriors tonight, we got to come up with a new motto, like, Warriors, what the hell's going to happen next? I mean, you're like, oh, it's a home game, Detroit Pistons, yeah, uh, like quadruple overtime is probably my prediction, uh, 172 to 171. And uh, Ty Jerome with a buzzer beater from half court. That's what I think is probably going to happen tonight. Ty Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> very Enough good. That. Very I was very banging good. for it. <laughs> no, I mean, the new slogan is yeah. Warriors at home game. It's a win. Uh, it, Warriors tonight on the road. Yeah, Don't bother. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it is. And it is. And I can't say this without getting closer to the mic. Warrior Wednesday uh, here on 95.7 The Game. And it's brought to you by Freedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. This is all sponsored by calhope.org. Got me a washer and dryer from Freedman's Appliance. Oh, did you now? Quality. Oh, yeah. Don't kid yourself. I That's a quality washer dryer. Everybody, when they when people ask me, they're like, hey, what did, what's Dibs like? For real, in person. I'm like, his clothes are always clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the number one thing I say. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that to you. I'm Smelling like, like Tide. Yeah. I'm like, his hoodie has always been washed. Yeah. Every time. I was wearing one from the Willard series yesterday. You were. You were. Marine Layer. Marine Layer. Hey, Marine Layer. What are you what doing? What are you doing? Yeah, man. Marine Layer. What's up? And I need to apologize to Evan Giddings, uh, one of our great uh, producer slash host combos. He's a hybrid here. Uh, for disparaging him over the fantasy football league, he apparently offered to split the pot with a with nice guy Stephen of KCBS. Not because the game didn't get played, he offered it a week ago, which is kind of a weird move. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I did that last time with me and Craig, and then he accepted. I don't so, know. Yeah. I get I get it when people do it in survivor pools. I kind of get that, but like, there's something very anti-competitor to work for. 
15 weeks to get to this moment and then be like, so you want to just tie? Yeah. You want to just tie and, tie and go get a beer? Like, come on, let's play the game. Yeah, play the game. One of my buddies is in a uh, survivor pool with, I think, like 200 entries, big money. There was like 15 grand yeah. at stake, and they are forbidden from chopping the I pot. like that. I like forbidden. that. Forbidden. Yeah, I like that. Although you can't really forbid them. Ah, we both happen to take Jacksonville. What no, are the odds? My point is, is on the side, they can be like... That's what I'm saying. No, but but what's going to stop them after the fact? One person wins, and but they had an alliance. And, and they're like, yeah, I'll give you half the money. Like, just whatever. Let's just play this out. For that kind of money, I need that in writing. <laughs> yes. Yes, an alliance. I need you to take the Texans. <laughs> Going to need you to uh, sign right here. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about all that. But um, I do think this. And then, uh, well, actually, here. Let's go to, I, before we're completely moving forward on the whole NFL landscape and the DeMar Hamlin situation. And again, if you're just joining us, um, there is what I guess we would consider positive movement. There is continued positive signs, nothing firm, nothing that says, hey, he's out of the woods. But there have been continued positive signs, according to medical personnel and his family, with DeMar Hamlin. And that is just amazing. It's just great. I, I, like, I'm so excited that it's moving in that direction. And, uh, and keep pushing. Keep pushing all the thoughts and the prayers. And, uh, and everything that DeMar Hamlin makes it all the way through. Uh, Brian in uh, Walnut Creek on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Brian, what are you doing? Hey, that's great news that you just mentioned. I just wanted to bring up the fact that why is everyone so quick to hate after this happened? We had a guy collapse, have a heart attack, CPR, and then it seems like everyone's just so quick to hate on Skip or hate on ESPN or hate on the NFL. You know, I woke up this morning and looked at the East Bay Times and the two articles were destroying the NFL. It's like we had a guy almost like die in front of our eyes and it feels like everyone's just so quick to come up with this hate and i just it's just it's, it's rough to see yeah it's an interesting Thanks, point brian, brian. thank I think you it's the nature of of human beings is to find a guilty party find somebody to blame and when something like yep. this even t higgins has gotten some people hating on him Ooh, like this is ridiculous as if he did anything other than play football, play football. this was a freak incident and we're going to ask brian feely today 11 30 from uh, UCSF cleared to play about the freakish nature of this injury, but I think it's our it's our general human nature, Mark, to to try to find someone to blame for everything. I don't know if it's our human nature or is it the nature of the the world that some of us in which some of us live. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. As this is playing out, and I told you the story yesterday, like Christy and I are flying back from Vegas. And this happens while we're on a layover in L.A. And, and so I'm on my phone pretty consistently as we're going from the layover to board the plane and then even on the plane because I'm trying to get updates. Like, what's happening with DeMar Hamlin? What's happening with this game? And, of course, I do that on Twitter. And she's just looking over my shoulder, and she's kind of saying the same thing that our caller Brian just said, which is that why is it everybody is lined up to scream and hate and get mad at everyone who's kind of reacting in the moment to something nobody saw coming. And it's just judgment and anger and ivory tower and I know the answer from my couch. And she literally looks at me, she's looking over my shoulder at this for probably no more, like 20 minutes, half hour, and she's just like, good Lord, that's just a big old pile of 
junk. And she's like, sometimes I really hate that for your work, you have to be on there. Yeah. And it is. It's my newspaper. And it's a newspaper that regenerates all the time. Um, but I get what she's saying to a certain degree. Now, Skip Bayless, this is not offense number one by any stretch. Skip, as we've talked about many times, and others in that world of hot debate television, they're playing a game. They're playing a game. And the game is get attention. And it regenerates itself. Once you've become known to be the person who knows how to get attention, the attention just comes. Like as soon as you say something. And if you really look in a vacuum at what Skip said, it wasn't all that offensive. The timing of, the it, timing of it was really it was. poor. And I never would have tweeted something like that. So I'm not excusing him by any stretch, except for he was having the conversation in the moment that you and I are now having, which is much more appropriate because it's like 48 hours later. And so and people the player seems to be getting yes. better. The reports are he's getting better. So was it insensitive? Sure. But even let's go to the NFL. How many people? The league is ridiculous for not canceling this game. It's like they did. And they were going to. And I think that there were really good reasons to sit for a moment, have a discussion. What should we do? Yeah. There are so many people affected by this. And Barnwell's tweet was the one that really got to me, which is if they canceled the game and send everybody into the parking lot, they literally would have blocked the ambulance from getting to the hospital. So sometimes, again, I think this is Brian's greater point. You just take a breath. It doesn't mean that there can't be criticism. But in the moment, it we just were angered and 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 we were so taken aback by what's happened on the field that to your point, we now need to assess blame and right. get that anger out by throwing it at people who really haven't necessarily done anything wrong. Exactly. And so the NFL was supposed to cancel the game 10 minutes earlier, 20 minutes earlier. And this whole report of them telling teams you're going to you're going to have 5 minutes to warm up and get back out there. If that even is what happened and potentially that is what the NFL yep. said. This is an unprecedented thing that the NFL was trying to deal with. They don't have a playbook. Brian Baldinger joined the morning roast and said that very thing. There's no blueprint for how to handle a situation where a player collapses due to cardiac arrest and has to be resuscitated on the field. This is not something that they go over. Now, we've seen players get paralyzed on the field. Uh, we've seen players get badly injured to where you need the ambulance to come out and you've had situations where the players have been given five minutes to come back out and warm up again and this was a case where either the coaches or the players said no we're not going back out there however that played out i don't understand the need to assign blame the bottom line this is a very dangerous game and a player got injured to the point where he almost died playing the game that he loves and the league, the teams, the players, everybody had to figure out how to navigate it in real time. Yeah, no doubt. Kyle, what's up? What do you got? And Kyle. And gone. Gone. All right. Uh, <laughs> there's some technical stuff going on in the other room, but you know what? The, the, the interesting thing is about what you just said, if there's anywhere in the world where there is a blueprint for this, it's an NFL game. And here's what I mean by that. No, nobody's going in going, be ready for cardiac arrest. That probably exactly. could happen in the second quarter. But you have an NFL game that is dotted with medical personnel. Right. Like, I actually bet there is. It's not used a lot, but I bet there is a playbook for something 
terrible happening on the field. They absolutely, just from a liability standpoint, have to be ready for that. And so they did kick that into play, but where they're probably, and that's just like the playbook is how do we keep this, how do we save this person? But there is not necessarily a blueprint for what does it mean if we cancel this particular game? What city are we in? What week is it? Or the, I agree with everybody out there who has said if this game was being played between the Cardinals and the Texans, we're done here. Yeah, we move on. We're not exactly. coming back to this game. So uh, I agree with everyone there, and that's a part of this. It just so happened that the Monday night game this particular week is at the end of the year against two of the best teams in the NFL, and, and that at a certain point in this conversation is going to come into play. Yeah, Kyle, what's up? I think we're working now. This mic was also unplugged like okay. yours was earlier. That's Thank my you. fault for not checking. I should know better. But, no, I think part of the reaction to this was, like, the NFL did this to themselves. They don't have a great track record with player safety. So the idea that the NFL would just be like, yeah, put him back out there, isn't like uh, out of the realm of possibilities. And so I think that in that moment, people see this awful thing happen to this player, and then they're imagining the NFL, who has a horrible history with player safety, Correct. going, yeah, just keep playing. Well, well that is the blueprint. We, is, we've seen it before. Yes. We, we've if seen you it think before. about players like Ryan Shazier, yes. five years earlier, same field. Yep. He got hurt, and now he was not needing to be resuscitated, but his injury in many ways was as severe, if not more severe. And the protocol is tend to the player, and if the players who are going to continue playing have been isolated and cold long enough, give them time to warm up well, and resume the game. Totally. Now, I mean, I, I don't think that we've ever had a situation where a player has actually died on the field and whether or not at uh, that point they cancel games or if they have a blueprint yeah, for that. Yeah, I mean, everyone's mind kind of went to Hank Gathers and Len Bias and situations like that where literally, yes, yeah, somebody passed away right there. On, well, Len Bias, know, that... He died uh, after the draft. Uh, that right. was not during, wasn't a, game. during a game, right? He gathers was. He gathers, sure. Yes. We remember that. And, and if I remember correctly, uh, the tournament, it did resume, but but it took after a long pause, right? And then Bo Kimball came back with the left-handed free throws right. and, and, and all of that. Um, but, yeah, we've seen that before. And, 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 no, they don't continue playing. And, and as fans, it took us, I'm sure, I know it took me, I'll just speak for me, like, it took me a minute to know that this was something that was not just like, like, you knew, oh gosh, that didn't look good. But right. my first thought was he got concussed. Like, we, like he stood up and then he fell down. I'm like, oh, I kind of saw it through a crowded airport and I go, oh gosh, that's a bad concussion. That's going to be a blue tent situation. And then 10, 15 minutes go by, you're looking at the faces of the players and you're realizing, holy hell, like this is, this is that. And, and so, yeah, you got to go through that whole process. I'm not, look, if you're mad at Skip Bayless, I get that. I really do. That was insensitive. The timing of it, it's not okay. Plus, it's coming from someone who plays a stupid game for a living. And, uh, and, and, and so that's that. But I'm not, at any point, I was not offended by the league handling it the way they did because I have no idea what conversations were happening behind closed doors and this is a crazy situation and all that really matters in the end is that the correct decision was made exactly and it was the conversations were I'm sure how much time do we need to go to have a lapse before we can go out and finish this game and you saw the coaches in the tunnel on the phone with somebody from the league office and at that point the coaches are basically saying we're not, our guys aren't playing. And at that point, the league is like, 
uh, well, how about if uh, if they give them an extra five minutes? And the coach is like, <laughs> let me say this slowly. Yeah. They're not playing. Which, and at again, that point, the NFL denies that that happened. The NFL is very firmly saying that did not happen. I know right. that the Which TV... Is fine. Who knows? Which is fine. Bottom line is they reached the correct decision. By the way, the Hank Gathers situation was during the WCC tournament. Got it. And they canceled the tournament. And they gave Loyola Marymount the automatic berth into the NCAA, the NCAA tournament. tournament. So they canceled yes. the rest of the conference tournament. Correct. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so thank just, you. Just to uh, to put a bow on but the, that. But the actual it's... tournament was not delayed. No. Because that was a, a week later, at least. Yes, this yeah. was, uh, I okay. think, March uh, 4th. March okay. 4th, 1990, Mark. 33, almost 33 years ago. And that, that one hits me a little bit uh, more personally because I actually went to school with his brother, Derek Gathers. Oh, wow. And so I, I didn't get to know Hank, but Hank and Bo used to come to Cal State Northridge in the offseason and play basketball with Hank's older brother, Derek, who was our star yeah. at uh, Cal State Northridge. Wow. Hashtag the Matadome. Oh, man. That was, uh, yeah, that was a story that, that a lot of us will never forget. And if uh, and if you're too young to know what happened there with uh, with Hank Gathers and how Bo Kimball honored him and then how Loyola Marymount kind of went on a little mini run in the tournament, uh, which got everybody just, I mean, it gets all the feels, but these these are the things that were popping into everybody's mind the other day right. uh, when 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 this all uh, uh, took place. So, yeah, I, I again, um, it, it it made me think in the moment. This is not a great comparison, I'll admit, but in the moment, as I'm watching Twitter torch the NFL six minutes after this is all right, right after the ambulance is driven away, I'm like, it reminded me of what many of us did to our schools when the pandemic hit. You idiots have no clue what to do. And the schools are like, right. You're right. We have no clue what to do here. So can you give everybody a minute? I'll never forget that. The COVID hits. The school sent the kids home on a Friday. And they're like, we're going to go home early. And maybe Monday. Uh, maybe maybe Tuesday at the latest. That's absolutely. <laughs> And here we are. What has it been? Three years? Four years? I don't even. Well, yeah, right. We're coming, coming up, up on, on three, three years. Coming up on three years. And it's still very much a part of our lives. Right. So, um, look, you got to give people in situations like this at least a, a minute to just take a breath and not immediately go to guns on people who aren't necessarily prepared or they have a lot of items that they need to go through and check off, whether it's legally, emotionally, or otherwise. There's so many partners, too, Mark. This is not a high school game where a kid gets badly hurt in a high school game or, God forbid, dies. And we've seen situations where high school football players have been befallen by these tragedies. It's not a very difficult thing, but when you're dealing with a multi-billion dollar industry, Television partners, yeah, live, marquee spot, 60,000 fans in attendance. And like you said, the relative impact of fantasy football and all the rest of it. You can't just make this decision in five seconds. That's it, guys. Go, Everybody go home. These things take time, and there are hurdles, and there are different levels you have to go through. Right, and I also love, by the way, how many people I saw coming after the broadcasters who were through okay go to the table sit down start talking they're emotional they've been talking to players everyone's on the field crying and and twitter is like get these people off the air they have no idea what to say right right take it from someone who was on the air when sandy hook happened okay it's it's unbelievable 
it grabs your heart, it pulls you out of your chest, sticks it in your throat. You, you're emotional. You have no clue what the hell to do. No clue what's going on. No idea what's appropriate to say. Right. And you fall into just being a human. You're not a broadcaster anymore. And humans, in moments like that, are wildly imperfect because we're going through the same range of emotions exactly. you are. So I was it, on the air for 9 yeah. 11, similarly. And, it's, and the thing about being a broadcaster in those moments is the golden rule is you don't speculate. But the only thing that you that your mind is telling you to do is speculate. Right. Because you see this player go down. And just like all of us at home, you know, my girl Supper, my lovely wife, showed me the video. And she's like, ooh, concussion. And I said, I think this might be a heart attack. Yeah. We're speculating, watching on TV. And if you're Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and you see it happen, and you see the replay, and you're looking at the in-house feed... Your brain is telling you what you think happened, yet your mouth is not allowed to, to broadcast what your brain is telling you to say. Yeah, yeah. so 888-957-9570. I know a few of you want to weigh in on, uh, on just all of this. Is, you know, we're just kind of sitting here unpacking where this all goes from here. And so, again, I want to circle back that, that uh, the really good news with regard to DeMar Hamlin is that it, it, it appears there are signs of progress. Doctors sound like they are starting to feel good about the direction in which this is heading. There have been some good uh, reports overnight from family members who have spoken to reporters. And uh, and so keep that good thought coming from DeMar Hamlin. But we also are at a point where we start to try to figure out where this goes from here and what the league does next. And included in that is how this could even trickle down and affect uh, not just the AFC teams, but the NFC teams and the San Francisco 49ers if this whole thing does get delayed. Now, you said something before the, uh, our last pause that I want to go back to because I think I misunderstood you when you said you think, and I agree with the first part, there's a possibility, the first possibility that Bengals-Bills gets replayed or continued, I should right, say, because right. I don't think they're going to start over. I think they got to start from where they were. Absolutely. The first possible date of that would be a week from tomorrow. But when you said, could those two teams play Thursday, and then if they're, what any playoff games they're involved in move to the following Monday, you meant the Monday that's only five days later. Exactly. I don't think that's possible. It'd be four days later from the Thursday. I, right. I think that... I don't think they're going to... They would never, especially coming out of a health and safety situation, they're not going to ask players to play. That would be three games in eight days. I don't think that they will do that. It'd be uh, be two two games and three quarters essentially. I, could, I yeah. could see the reason I could see them playing next Thursday would be granted that's a quick turnaround physically and emotionally, but that creates a long. This would also the other premise would be you are pushing the playoffs back a full week. No games next weekend at all, and it would give the Bills and Bengals a full week and a half ramp up to the start of the playoffs and then yeah. you could just use whatever days you want. I do think that is on the table. To me would be my guess. If, yeah, but to me if you're going to do that, if you're going to push the playoffs, you might as well move that game to the weekend, then the resumption of Bills Bengals, you're giving them a full week. Why would you play the resumption of that game which we have agreed is a massive game why would you play that resumption on a short week hmm. in order to give them extra time for a playoff game you might as well play that game on the saturday or the sunday if you're going to move the playoffs maybe you would just play that on the weekend probably probably i think the bills and bengals might actually have some say in that 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I, this may be, you know, look, the preparation, they've already done their preparation for the game. They've done their film study. They were already playing the damn game. And when they do go back out, where were they? Early second quarter? Uh, under six minutes in the first quarter. Oh, still first quarter. Yes. Okay, so I was going to say you only have to play two and a half quarters, not four, but I guess you do it's have to play. just about a full game. You're almost a full game. And if you do it on a short week, Cincinnati's got a huge advantage because they're home Sunday. Buffalo has to travel. They do? Cincinnati's hosting Baltimore. Why did I think Buffalo was home to New England this weekend? They are, but Buffalo has to travel oh, to Buffalo Cincinnati. Buffalo has to travel to Cincinnati. I got you. So I Buffalo, got you. I got you. you know, so yep. if you're, you're making Buffalo go to Cincinnati to resume the game no matter what, I think it's unfair to make them do that on a short week. It would be better to at least move that thing to a Saturday. And then, to your point, everyone would have a full week because you would push the playoffs back a week. Okay, your phone calls plus scenarios because I just thought of something else that affects this. And Doubleheader? Apparently, no, no, can you imagine? (laughs) Apparently, uh, prior to me arriving at the office today, there was some sort of conversation with someone who has ties to the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area saying the 49ers have got to get the one seed if they can. Look, because you do not want to go to Philadelphia in January. Look, look, look. Mm -hmm. You don't want to book, book, book that flight. I got something for all you Philadelphia is intimidating people. Um, We'll do all that coming up next. We'll get to your phone calls. It is a Warrior Wednesday here on 95.7 The Game. And it's brought to you by Freedman's Appliance. Trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. All sponsored by calhope.org. Your phone calls next. Marcellus Wiley coming up at 11. It's Willard and Dips. On 95.7 The Game. Quick aside. Take your time. I know this is is going a little viral this morning. So, I always get conflicted when it comes to this stuff. Because I hate promoting the stupidity of the verbal clickbait. Is that what you were just watching over there? Well, so... Shannon is back on Undisputed with Skip today. And Shannon is trying to explain two things. A, his feelings about what happened with DeMar Hamlin. And B, kind of why he wasn't on yesterday. Which I think he was in the process of trying to say um, that he did not want. He knew that if he had came in yesterday, um, Skip's Twitter feed was going to end up being the entire show. And he didn't want it to be about that because it needed to be about DeMar Hamlin. And he couldn't even get through his monologue before Skip interrupted him to say that he was not going to take the tweet down, which Shannon had said that he hoped that he would. And so everybody is, is and everybody, everybody sort of in that social media world is kind of batting that around with a tennis racket today. And uh, it's just... I don't know. I don't know. The, the the tweet in and of itself, as I said, if it had been sent three days later, I don't even think it would have resonated. But in that moment, it was awful. Um, and that's why he sent it in that moment. But I've, And that's the biggest right, issue for me. But we've come to, like, I've ignored that stuff for the longest time. Like... I'll never be, like, there's so many people who respond to, to, to those tweets immediately. This is disgraceful. And every time you do that, it helps. It helps build the monster. 
uh, us talking about it right now, to a degree, helps feed the monster. I blame and you. So, yeah, no, I brought it up. <laughs> you should. It's my fault. My fault. My fault. Yeah, I just... But then, on the back of that, to welcome Shannon back to the show and not even let him finish what he was saying. I don't know, man. I don't know. It just, it's just... The, 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 I think everybody has these these thoughts about that. Like this is our industry. This is a portion of our industry, and what really bothers me on the surface is a the fact that this stuff is even out there for public consumption. But b uh, I know a lot of you listening to us right now kind of put all of it in the same bucket. Yeah, you know, there's the media undisputed. It's right? the media, Mark. Ninety five seven, the game, and they're like this is sports media. And uh, and so, yeah, like there is also a piece of that for me. Like Skip Bayless gives guys like you and me uh, a bad name. But he also gives us uh, a reason to, to keep on doing what we're doing. Because right? yeah. people love that stuff. And if people didn't watch that show, if people didn't eat up that material, he wouldn't still be doing what he's That's doing. True. So That's true. it's the wide spectrum of the media. There's the highbrow, then there's the lowbrow. I think you and I are somewhere in between, and it's just the nature of, of any business where you're going to have the good, the bad. There's restaurants that are at the bottom of the barrel. There's restaurants that are the finest multiple Michelin star. You're all restaurants. You're all serving food, and that's kind of, to me, the nature of of what we do. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't go to uh, to a fast food joint, and then when if it's it's not a good experience, I'm like, dude, that Michael Mina guy. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Or Mina. Is I'm it, never eating out again. Is it Mina or Mina? Mina? Is it Mina? I, I Michael don't know. Mina. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought. But anyway. Yeah. So before I get to the Philly thing. Mina's a street uh, in South of Market. Is it? Okay. used to be a street where we would go clubbing in the 90s. Look at you. Back when South of Market was South of Market. You were a clubber, huh? Big time in the 90s. <laughs> don't even get me started. I, I can't even imagine it. DVA, the up and down club. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Uh, always. Um, before we get to the Philly thing, I just thought of this. Does this throw any thoughts into your head? about Cincinnati and Buffalo. So Kansas City's game against the Raiders is Saturday. It's actually the first game of the NFL slate this weekend. It's a joke. It's Saturday afternoon. I agree with you. Um, I so Kansas City, they automatically have an advantage going into the playoffs. They have an extra day of rest. Agreed. As do the Titans or Jaguars, whoever wins the following game, which is played Saturday night. Um, so, yeah, but we understand NFL's gathering a TV audience. There's nothing more to say about that. And they don't really care about fairness no. in terms of, which is why in a 17-game schedule, you got nine home and nine road, and the 49ers had a road game in Mexico that right. wasn't really a road game. The whole thing, they try to pretend that it's fair and equitable, but it's really not. No, and, and I don't know that. Uh, I, I, I don't. You're right that they pretend. I don't know that anybody ever buys into that. I mean, we could go. You know, somebody gets drafted by the Jaguars. Let's take Brock Purdy. Okay, seventh last pick of the seventh round. What if that pick had been held by? Pff, throw a team out, Houston. Okay, oh, Houston, and Houston grabs oh, Brock. Right, Houston grabs Brock Purdy, and they go through their whole Davis Mills. Whatever. Who were these other quarterbacks that ended up in there this year? Um, they go through that whole experience. And Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen and Purdy ends up week nine getting a shot. All right, Brock, head on out there. How do you think that's going to go? You think it's going to look like this? Probably not. No, it's not going to look like this. So 
nothing's fair. Nothing's ever fair. And no one's going to remember three years from now that the Chiefs had an extra day off. No one will remember that. So they know. But here's why this is significant. Let's say the Chiefs beat the Raiders. I'm so sorry, Spadone. I'm sorry to even bring up the scenario. Oh, he's over the Raiders. Let's say the Chiefs defeat Las Vegas Raiders and Las Vegas Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, uh, you're going to be wearing red. Uh, by the way, next to me, shout out to the woman if there's the 1.0001% chance that she's listening. Shout out to the woman who was standing next to me, the seat next to me, at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, draped in red, next to another woman draped in red, and she had brought her friend out to this game as a present for her 50th birthday. So they're next to me and they're celebrating their 50th, and they're both draped in red. And I'm like, yeah, high five and every time there's a good play. Third quarter, I said something about playoff scenarios. I'm talking to Christy, and I go, yeah, we're looking at games that are being played. And I'm like, yeah, and the Chiefs. She stands up, she looks at me, she goes, the Chiefs? What did you say about the Chiefs? And I'm like, whoa. It's the first time she turned toward me. She's wearing a Chiefs shirt. I uh. she, she draped in red. The woman next to her is rooting for the 49ers. Uh. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? She's jumping around every time the 49ers do a good thing. Turns out she's just Raider hating. She's she brought her friend out. She's Raider hating, and uh, and we bonded on that for uh, <laughs> nice. for the day. But uh, but she wasn't even a 49er fan. But she could have fooled me that day. She was screaming and yelling against the Raiders every chance was, she got. I honestly respect the hate because the Chiefs <laughs> have owned the Raiders the last was, decade plus, and they still just hate them so much. I don't oh know my why. gosh! I know, right? It's like we're not bothering you. We're here for two wins a year for you. What did we do? So anyway, let's say the Chiefs defeat the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. The second they do that, then. The Cincinnati Bengals are eliminated from contention for the one seed. Right. So, yes, they can still go get the two seed, and they still need to win the next day to clinch their own division against the Baltimore Ravens. They have not even clinched that yet. So that's still a big game this weekend. But I I wonder, like with the knowledge already in that Kansas City wins on a Saturday, what do the Bills and the Bengals do with that the very next day. I know that the bill the Bills would be sitting there going, okay, we've almost got to parlay this thing just to go even tie the Chiefs, which would get us the one seed. That's right. But you gotta beat New England, which is not gonna be easy this no, weekend. No. They're playing for their lives. Then potentially you got a Cincinnati game four days later, five days later, a week later. At all, I don't know what's going to happen there. Bills though playing for their fallen teammate, so there's no way sure. the Bills do anything but go out and look to get wins. They're going to be highly motivated, no matter what happens on that Saturday game by the Chiefs. I think. So I guess the point being is the Chiefs win if the Bengals then go out and win the next day. Yep. And and beat Baltimore. Like there's a scenario after this weekend where I'm not going to say nobody cares. But there's definitely a scenario where those two teams care less, care a little bit less. Sure, the two seed, the three seed, there's plenty on the line, but less. Less than going for the one seed. Maybe a tiny bit less, but the two seed is significant. If sure. you're, I mean, if you're Cincinnati, you don't want to go to Buffalo in a possible divisional round game because... 
let's say that it plays out the way you're talking about. Kansas City wins, so you know that Kansas City is at least going to be the two. Buffalo wins, Cincinnati wins. Well, now you're going to have to play that game. Buffalo, Cincinnati. Cincinnati loses. They're the three seed. And so now... Might actually end up being a wild card. I think Baltimore wins the division if they win this weekend. No, you, Cincinnati would beat Baltimore in this I scenario. I see, I see, I see. Okay. So Cincinnati's 12-4. and four, Buffalo's 13-3. and three, Kansas City's 14-3. and three, They're done. We're talking about the Buffalo-Cincinnati replay, the resumption of that game. Cincinnati wants to win that to get the two seed. Even though they don't get a bye, they would get a home game in that divisional round, assuming that they would win that first playoff game. And also, by the way, it would mean if you're the two seed, you would get New England, Miami, or Pittsburgh in that first game as opposed to a Baltimore team that you'd be trying to beat right. in a third matchup. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it, it's interesting because this leads to our conversation about how hard the 49ers should try to get the one seed. So, first of all, update me on the conversation that you had with our esteemed boss, uh, one Matt Nahigian, uh, early this morning prior to the show. Well, I got here super early. Yep. Shout out, no traffic. Good for you. And so I saw the boss in there, and I, I just said, hey, boss, what are you hot on today? Because I said to him before, I said, it's a, for me, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. A hot warrior team hosting Detroit, and uh, don't miss the pregame show right here on 95.7 The Game. The Correa fallout thing, you and I talked about it, but also the, you know, the DeMar Hamlin update. He's getting better, it seems, slowly but surely. What do they do with that game? But also the Niners in the chase for the one seed. And he looked at me and he said, I think the big topic is the Niners trying to get the one seed. You don't want to go to Philadelphia. The Niners don't want to go to Philadelphia and have to play the Eagles in Philly. You go to Philly, you're not going to be able to take over the stadium like you could in Dallas. A lot of Niner fans in Dallas Texas. Dallas, for sure. Minnesota. Yeah. I, Minnesota, I think you can still get access to it. And he was saying, you don't want to go to Philadelphia. You don't want to play Philly in the NFC Conference Championship game outdoors. <laughs> you don't want Philadelphia. You don't want a piece of Philly. Oh, oh. You don't want any of this smoke? You don't want that smoke. Is, you don't know Philadelphia. Is that what we're being told? That we don't want any of that smoke? Look. All right. Look, look, look. Right. You don't want the smoke. You think you want the smoke? <laughs> You're out. You don't know Jordan Poole. No, you don't know Jordan Poole. But I do know the link in Philadelphia. Because I have actually... You don't know the Liberty Bell. I have actually been there twice with the Dallas Cowboys in town. Twice. You don't know the Rocky Steps. I do, actually. I've done all that stuff. Been to Philadelphia like five times. I used to do a show with Tony Bruno. I've been to Tony Bruno's mom's house to eat meatballs. I know Philadelphia. So... Here's the thing about Philadelphia, and it's adorable. Drop. You're adorable, Philadelphia. You are. You're a great city, right? There's a lot of history there. Don't call us that. You're adorbs. We're tough. We blew Santa. We throw batteries. Thank you. We cheer when our opponents get hurt. Tell you something about Philadelphia. First Look. of all, let me get this out of the way first. Philadelphia's a very good team. It's the city of brotherly hate. <laughs> Look, no, look, look. no joke. It's actually the worst nickname in all of America. The city of brotherly love, you hate everything. You hate yourselves. That's why you're so mad all the time. You have a beautiful city. I love Philadelphia. Why are you all so angry? Maybe if you ate less cheese whiz, you'd feel better. Anyway. You don't know Ron Jaworski. The Eagles are very good. They are dangerous. I respect Philadelphia as a team, and they could end up in the Super Bowl. There's no doubt. 
Okay? And it, it, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that if you're the 49ers, you'd rather play them at Levi Stadium than at Philadelphia. That's all true. I'm not denying that. But you're so adorable, Philadelphia, with what you think you are. Don't call us that. You're so adorable that you think you're so intimidating. We're tough. I've been there twice with the Cowboys in town, and every one of Philadelphia fan, every one of them, oh, wait till you see this atmosphere. Oh, the Cowboys don't want none of this. Where do you see what it's going to be like inside that stadium? And you go in there, and you know what's in there? There's people, there's hot dogs, it's a football game. It's, we got a full jail underneath. It's No, you don't. It's not the vet anymore. It's the link, right? It's the link. Lincoln Financial. And it's not the same. It's just not. It's like saying, oh, you don't want to come to a San Francisco Giants game because it's windy and there's hot dog wrappers that'll fly on your face and it goes around in a circle and, uh, boy, they'll throw beer at you if you're a Dodger fan. Not anymore. Oracle Park is not Candlestick. And the link is not the vet. And I've watched this a hundred times. Philadelphia thinks they're so intimidating. You are not, Philadelphia, one of the top five home environments in the NFL. Not even close. What are your top five, Mark? Kansas City's one of the first one that comes to mind. Okay. Kansas City comes to mind. Would you still put Seattle up there? I would, although it's put aside a little bit this year just because, you know, they're, I, I don't know. They're not that good. So Green Bay? Um... Green Bay is everybody's just so nice, but yes, the field, the turf, the, the team, tundra. right, the frozen tundra of of Lambeau Field. I would rather Pittsburgh, Buffalo to me is is somewhere that I would not want to play a road playoff Baltimore. game. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore are are, are certainly up there. Um, gosh, yeah, most of them are in the AFC. I don't find NFC road environments for the 49ers to be very scary at all. Tell me the NFC environment where you're like. Phew, you don't want to go there. Philadelphia would be the one. Really? Yes. I disagree. And in fact, I can prove it based on history. Brad Johnson was a great guest on this show just about a month ago. Famous TikToker. I remember when Tampa went to Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game, the Brad Johnson year. Philadelphia was home, so obviously favored. They returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. It sounded like the stadium was going to blast apart. It was so loud. And I looked at that game on TV and I went, man, one play in and this game is over. And then Tampa Bay, a warm weather team, just decided to pick Philadelphia apart the rest of the way and go win the Super Bowl. I have never seen in my life of watching playoff football in Philadelphia I've never seen a game where I'm like, yeah, you just can't go in there and win. It's hard. All playoff games are hard. But usually, usually in the playoffs, what you see is the teams are so good at the end that they can sort of remove home field advantage from the process. The best team usually ends up winning. That's usually the case. And for instance, when the Rams beat the 49ers last year, did anybody go, well, <laughs> you know, road game. Yeah, home team. Uh, that was tough. That's different. No. That's L.A., though. This is Philadelphia. I know, but my different point is story. That the Rams ended up playing better, and they won the football game. I do not think the 49ers cannot win a football game in Philadelphia. They can. Of course they I can. I don't know if they will. Of course they can. Well, it, to me, it comes down to Jalen Hurts. If, if Jalen Hurts is healthy, then that game becomes inordinately more difficult. The last home game, by the way, in the playoffs 
in Philadelphia was in 2020. Final score, Seattle 17, Philadelphia 9. Uh-huh. Josh McCown was your quarterback. So to your point, the better team won that game. It didn't really matter that the game was played January 5th, by the way. That's three years ago tomorrow at Lincoln Financial Field. The better team won the football game. Now, to, to Matt's point, would it be a red wave in Philly? No. But, but in an NFC Championship game or something like that, it wouldn't be in Minnesota. That fan base is rabid. They love, my gosh, they, I mean, it's freezing. There shouldn't even be people there. You think they wouldn't all buy and keep the tickets if the Vikings end up all the way in the end? Of course they would. And some of your stadium being an intimidating place is dependent on how good your team is. Seattle a few years ago, no doubt. Um, some people on YouTube have brought up New Orleans in the Drew Brees era. Yeah, absolutely, because it's so loud in those domes. My point is this. Philadelphia is a very good team. It's a great sports town. They've got great sports fans, and yes, they would keep their tickets. But I've been there twice with their rival in town, and this idea that you can't think straight or execute, oh, my God, oh, we, can't, we can't even function here because the crowd is just so terrifying. Uh, rookie quarterback on a silent count yeah. on the road. These are all factors that go beyond... Philadelphia and whether or not you think that it's a daunting place to play. Factors not you would rather have your rookie quarterback play at home, oh, of course, with that, or even against play anyone in Minnesota. You'd rather have him play anywhere else in the NFC. To me, other than Philadelphia, maybe aside from Green Bay, we haven't yet seen Brock Purdy in the snow. No, that's a box he has to check. That's fair. That's fair. Although, uh, look, I, I always laugh. Sometimes we do that in the playoffs. Okay, warm weather team goes to cold weather. Sit. Oh, it's a warm weather team. Do you think all the Eagles are from Philly? They're <laughs> not from Philly. Okay, cold is cold. Jalen Hurts played in Oklahoma and, and, and Philadelphia. Like we do this, this team has not been playing in cold weather all year. It's not like they're used to it. It wasn't cold in September and October. Yeah, so that it, is a funny one, right? Like the, I don't know. The 49ers have the better defense and the better run game. You tell me who would play better in in cold weather. Uh, I don't know. We watch this all the time where a warm weather team goes to a cold weather spot and, and we go, oh, well, they're from Florida. They can't win it. Yeah. I don't know. They, they, there of is some they, of that, though, the when Niners you're used to, Green to playing Bay games they, there. They, yeah, but they went. Green Bay game turned on a special team It play. did. But the, but the Niners won, and the Packers couldn't score either yeah, in the snow. True. So Aaron Rodgers, kid from California, spent right. his whole career there. Sure didn't look very good. No. So, yes, there are certain I players. I think we overplay the crowd factor a lot in these matchups. Totally. Better team wins, usually. It's yes. football. It's playoffs. Things can happen. But so. the crowd can be a big factor. And to your point, though, the Brad Johnson story, you return the opening kick for a touchdown, that will quiet down any crowd, no matter what city you're in. If it's Santa Clara, if it's you know New Jersey, if it's Florida, if it's Philadelphia, the crowds and human beings, we're front runners. If our team is down 14 nothing after three minutes of football, it's going to be harder to be loud as opposed to if your team's up 10-0. Totally, totally, totally. I mean, how did it feel at Levi's when the Dolphins dropped back and got seven points in the first play of the game? Was Miami intimidated in that moment? Oh, my gosh. Are they, that's the most energetic moment of any football game, right? Unless something's, like, tied with 10 seconds to go. But the most energetic, loud moment of a football game is usually based on the anticipation of its beginning. Right. And that was a massive 
you know, eight win versus eight win. McDaniel, Shanahan, boom, Tua, here Is we that go. Sherfield, former Niner? Trent Sherfield. Oh, boy. I know. I was watching the guy run down the field. And I'm like, wow, they're not going to catch, you know, Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle. <laughs> and then his number, I'm like, oh, gosh, that isn't even Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle. The Niner cast off <laughs> is what he is. Third receiver running down the sideline. Niners could have had him. And then the Niners scored 33 points and blew him off the map. And by the way, Miami hasn't won a football they game recovered. since. Really? They haven't won a football game since. You realize that? I hadn't, actually, until you said that. Miami Dolphins have not won a football game since they got here. And that is a thing. We could look up. Kyle, you should look up the stat on that. That stat of what a team does the week after they play the Niners. 0-15. 0-15. That can't be a coincidence. They played some good teams. Right. Well, they, the way, they beat teams up. Miami's right. lost five in a row, Mark. The only team that's, that's gone a long time. Right. The only team that won their next game was the Chiefs. But they don't get credit for it because they had a bye the week after they play the 49ers. Okay. The week after you play the 49ers, nobody's won a game. But even if it what even if the Chiefs played that week and won, it's still one in one 15. in fifteen, right? <laughs> still outrageous. <laughs> it's still outrageous. So like do the Niners beat you up? I, I mean, I think there's something to be said for that. Certainly. Right? Yeah. But also, and this would be me borrowing from Steiny, who was talking about the schedule last week. A lot of the teams the Niners have played this year aren't very good teams. They've played a pretty soft schedule. Well, it's just the way it worked out. Have they? Yeah, if you look at a lot of the teams that they, well, no, that I they mean, play. I mean the analytics of it. The strength of schedule. Are the 49ers one of the easiest in the NFL? I believe so. Really? Yeah. If you look at you know the record of the teams against whom they've played. Yeah. They have not played. I mean, I mean, the Miami game now is not looking to be not anymore. Exactly, they were eight and three at the time, and obviously right. they got beat down by the Chiefs. They, you know, they beat they beat the Chargers. They beat the Bucks. Part of this is that the NFC just doesn't have that many teams to throw at you, right? Like they've beaten Chargers the- and Chiefs, the only teams with winning records that they've played. The is that accurate? The 49ers' strength of schedule is four twenty four. The teams they've played have 108 wins. That is by far the fewest among NFC playoff teams. Okay. The next lowest strength of schedule is the Eagles at 471. Okay. So basically, I, you know, you, basically you're good if you if all the teams you play are bad. That's I mean now Philadelphia though gets to have played the Cowboys twice. They lost one of them though. Right. So you know I, uh, listen. Yeah. I mean, there's, it, it, and part of the reason why the teams that you play are bad is because you beat them. Right. And, and but yeah. If you look at the Rams at five and eleven and Arizona four and twelve, that's and you know Seattle eight and eight. That's six or sixteen right the, there. Yeah. The response to that is that they've won eight in a row. You don't do nine that in a row. Nine in a row. No matter who you're playing in the NFL, yeah. you don't do that. That's you know. I'm you're, just saying as, you're as to that team. other staff. Owen, you know, the team's totally. owen fifteen, and that's I, that's a small part of it. Uh, relevant shirts, DPOI shirts, your gear from all the shows, whichever one is your favorite. Ninety-five-seven. TheGameShop.com. Now's a great time. Get geared up for the playoffs at ninety-five-seven. TheGameShop.com. Marcellus Wiley joins us next on Willard and Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 